Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. I think sometimes we, we're standing in a situation where many people could be distracted and not realize the presence of God that is here this morning. And Lord, that everyone would realize that you are here. And the projection of the sound of worship from this platform is extraordinary. And we are just bathing in your presence. We're saturated. We're just right here in your presence. It goes before us, behind us. It's with us on both sides. You surround us with favor as with a shield. How can we render unto the Lord? And what shall we render to him for all that he has done for us? I thank you on behalf of the church, the family, both those coming to second session, tonight's session, everybody at home, all the others, wherever they are on the planet. I thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. For you're in charge as clear as the day is separated from the night. I thank you, Lord, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not overpower it. Thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And bless this band. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. I mean, you, 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 I'm sitting in the back there and I'm praying, worshiping, praying, singing along, then worshiping, then praying. It's like a mixture happening to me at the back. And suddenly just, I've just become aware of this huge flow of living, living waters that, that's just flowing towards the people. And... Uh, we're going to get to it called the corporate anointing. People don't even know quite how that works. But we want to get into all of this. And um, just to say to you that in uh, Acts 19.11, this is one of the verses we've covered, but now I'm just going to do this with great purpose and spend a minute on it and then go on to where I actually want to pick up. So this is like a little addendum. Okay, it's like a monologue, if you will, right in the beginning. Acts 19.11, God worked special miracles, says the King James. New King James says unusual miracles, special miracles, unusual, by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. Handkerchiefs, aprons brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Stop there. When Pentecost arrives for us, we start celebrating next Sunday, we will have ready here um, some little, like the size of a woman's handkerchiefs, smaller than that of a man, we will have that here next week. And uh, those boxes are in my study by my prayer chair of these cloths. Thank you to those ladies that did all the cutting and the preparing of them. But there is now enough for everybody. And they will be handed out next week, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and during the Feast of Pentecost, which lasts till the following Sunday. We'll see to it that there is enough. The only thing that, that concerns me, and I was 
saying to Maud, here you see that handkerchiefs or aprons that were brought from the body of Paul to the sick, that the demons departed and the diseases left them and they were healed. It says here, the diseases left them, evil spirits went out of them. So the only thing that concerns me is this. When we do these, when we do this, number one, I don't believe in selling such things. Never, never, never. Freely. I tell you, they're commercializing so much. But freely we've received. And freely we must give. I see in front of me a church of people that have gone through a very rough time, some of you. Suffering. I've seen people in front of me in the services that lost family members out there, not in the congregation. I think there was one. Otherwise, we were fine. And I see people that have gone through this COVID, like I say, brainless virus that outsmarted the smartest of the scientists. Yet they lean upon the scientists to save them. But God can do it through a simple handkerchief. And so therefore, I will be spending the week and every day be in contact with those handkerchiefs, walk around with them and have them against me and bring them here. The only thing is this, please do not make an icon out of that. It's not the cloth, it's God. It's glory to God, not the cloth, it's God. Because we've seen that the anointing clings to cloth. And this is dedicated to God. It's for God. And um, it is there to bless people at home. And it's there to bless you. And because this time, it's like, you know, the social distancing thing. One has to abide by the laws. And uh, first and foremost, the church. Romans 13 says, let every soul be, be subject to the, the governing authorities appointed over them, for they are there of God. And you resist them, resist that which God has instituted. And therefore Paul goes on to say, listen people, pray for those in leadership positions. Most people just criticize. I don't, I pray for them. Because God can change hearts and the direction of the nation and bless the land. You pray for leaders. And you let God do the work of God. And one thing I've seen is that God is very precise with all of the things that he does. And there's a timing, what is Greek word called kairos moment. That is a specific time. That is an appointed time when certain things begin to happen. After people had been praying for some time. So that you might 
put those little handkerchiefs upon the sick and say, Lord, you've done that in the Bible. Do this again and to you be the glory. Can you say amen? Now, with that being said, I want to go now to Hebrews 2, verse 1 to 4. Now we start with the actual sermon. And this is the distributions of the Holy Spirit's past two, part two. The impartations of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 2 verse 1 says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts or distributions of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. It's, now I'm reading straight from the dictionary here. It's the word merismos. And uh, if you look at that, it, it says that God also testified by signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. That also that word gifts, merismos, means a division or a separation. This is from the Brown Driver Briggs uh, definition dictionary. The BDAC, so-called BDAC. A division or a separation or a distribution or even an apportionment, a portion. Let there be a double portion of the Holy Spirit come upon me. God's Spirit works in different ways in different people's lives. God wants us to focus on Him and to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding but acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And I must say that a lot of us do that we come short. But the word merismos or distributions means that God does different impart impartations to different people depending on the role and the function that they have within the grander body of Christ as he sees fit because it is his spirit it belongs to him and he can even change the anointing on a person's life he did that to me did that a few times to me and it's a most staggering feeling when suddenly the anointing is different when that happens to you because it's still the same Holy Spirit, now just putting a new emphasis in my personal life, and he can do the same to you also. And so those gifts are not the normal nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Those are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 10. 
Now, from four and onwards, chapter number 12 from verse four, you read the whole, the whole, um, um, can I say, list of the nine gifts of the Spirit. But here does not, this, th these gifts here are distributions. And like I've said in previous time, uh, that uh, God has placed or has for each and every one of you a unique distribution, apportionment that is like your, your fingerprint. It's like that. And so it doesn't help me to desire to be like, let's say, Reinhard Bonker. Because I'll come second best, Reinhard Bonker, now the late evangelist who's now been with the Lord for a time. But Reinhard had a specific apportionment on his life to do just that. And it becomes a passion. And I always say, particularly to students studying at universities, make sure that what you're studying is actually your passion. Because that then turns into a holiday. Then life becomes a holiday. If you're doing what you love to do, it is actually a permanent holiday. And some people, when they go across the office door into the offices at work, they die at that office door. They turn stone cold and they just go through the motions of another week from Monday to Friday. But ask yourself the question, what is my apportionment? What is the distribution that God has imparted to me? This is impartation number two that we're talking about. Now, therefore understand that God does that. And in Numbers 11, verse 11 through to 17, Moses in this section here, actually up to verse 26, Numbers 11, verse 11 to 26, uh, we see that Moses so it says to God, the load of taking care of all these people is too much for me. You know, just, it's just, it's just, this is just getting to me. It's too much. And um, it's like a gigantic plea of an extremely righteous man, Moses. And now God says to him, um, gather for me in verse 16, Numbers 11, 16. Gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. Then I'll come down and talk with you there, and I'll take off the spirit that is upon you, Moses, Moshe, and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. So Moses went out, told the people these words, gathered the 70 men, verse 25, and God took of the spirit that was upon Moses and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested on them that they prophesied. So here we see a distribution, an impartation, a distribution, a portion of the spirit of the anointing on Moses going to the people with him. I've often seen this 
in ministries through the years that if there's a specific gift operating in the leader of a church or whatever ministry it may be, and you spend time in prayer with that person, not long you've got the same thing happening to you. Not long. Because, like we've often said, the anointing rubs off. When the anointing comes upon anybody else, and it comes upon you, then you find yourself in a position where you can perfectly understand what, in this case now, the servant of the Lord has to say. You understand it. Because the same anointing, apportionment, comes upon you also. I've always thought that the place of the biggest impartation in any week of any year ever happens when we pray together on, together on a Saturday morning. When the people are here with me and uh, we begin to pray, they pass the platform sometimes. Well, most of the time I go down, first lead down there and then come back on the platform. They go on, they, they walk and they pray. It comes from the days of 1988 where I led the prayer meeting. We started this church as a praying church. And I found even prior to that, when I was in the AFM Theological College, that I would go into the church there and there would be an anointing, a corporate anointing come upon that church. Now I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I, I began to speak in tongues. And word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the interpretation of tongues. Discerning of spirits. Those gifts began to work through me whenever God deemed so necessary. It was like a portion that came through that church at that time of the AFM church. Universitätsach it used to be called. University view, I would say. I don't know if that congregation even exists still. But the fact is that's where it happened to me. But what I noticed is that when people would do tongues and speak in the church in tongues, I would notice that somebody would get up and give the, the interpretation, not translation, interpretation of what was spoken in tongues. And as they rise, I would realize what, what is being said. And I would listen with keen interest to what was the interpretation. It was what I had in my heart also. Because if you're in that place, we'll speak about the corporate anointing. We'll still get there. I'm not quite through with that one. But um, it's like the same anointing is on the congregation and I pick it up. I just got my heart open towards God and to the platform, like heart to heart, we do heart to heart. And I find myself in a position so very often, somebody do an interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. And I would say, Lord Jesus, I know what that means. That means you're saying this, that, the other, and somebody comes out there and they say the same thing. So you see, God takes of the spirit which is on a leader. By now, he's already done it with me and my leaders here. And um, put that same upon them. So then you find that very often similar mannerisms develop. Similar sayings develop. Similar things develop. And so if you're in the right atmosphere, and we're going to get to that, because it's Pentecost time, 
And if you're in the right atmosphere, the right venue, in the right kind of anointing exposure, you can bet your bottom dollar, as they would say, that if your heart's open and you, you've just got the right attitude, you're hungry for God all the way from here to Cape Town and back. You're hungry for God. You want it. You want the Holy Spirit. That suddenly God begins to reveal things to you. And you realize, wow, Lord, that person just gave into the... In those days, they had it in that church much more than this one. They, they, somebody would get up and speak and then another one would um, give the interpretation of those tongues. And uh, it fascinated me. At first it shocked me because I didn't know what it was. Then I got filled with the Holy Spirit, then I knew what it was. And then, then I started praying in tongues, then I knew what it was even better. And I prayed more in tongues and I really knew what it was. But still, as a green bean, so to speak, in Pentecost, in those days. Still as a green bean, I just say, okay, this is what's being said here. There's that, the other. And, I, and the next thing, a person would get up, some of the more experienced people of the church, and say exactly the same thing. And oh, the joy that would come upon me. Because I realized that I could receive the interpretation of tongues whenever I'm in this atmosphere when the band plays and projects this atmosphere into the church you better know God's busy with us and I want to tell you something and I think it's very important for me to say this and sometimes in fact I wish it would just happen absolutely happen too many men Dr. Dennis too many men too many women have been doing self-glorification when the gifts of the Spirit work through their lives. Too many people are all puffed up because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that work in their lives. And they become God's man of the hour and they advertise themselves, advertise, advertise, advertise themselves as being such and such, great man of the hour with more power and all of that. And the people flock there and... Uh, then comes the commercial side that they begin to sell anointing oil. They begin to sell cloths like what we give out free. They begin to commercialize, try to make money out of everything. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And I said, Lord, you know what? I'd like to pray for people and have those people put in writing if something happened to them. And give God the glory, not me. I don't want that glory. It's dangerous to me. God does not want anybody to touch his glory. So it's not. Pastor Harold or Harold that prayed over this cloth. It's not the cloth. It's God. It is simply an impartation into the cloth. It's God. So give him the glory. And if he uses you in any way, give him the glory. 
Even with music, I see too much of that. It bothers me from here to Cape Town and back also. When I see in the gospel music world how gospel stars emerge. And you know what? I've been on this road a long time. There's but one star. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He is the bright and morning star. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. Stand up. Praise His holy name. Praise Him. We are not stars. There's but one. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. you. May take your seats. I tell you now, if anybody takes that glory, anybody brags about it, then run, get away from it. Because that person's in trouble, and you are not wanting to be a, have any share in that. All right. Then in Numbers twenty-seven, verse eighteen. It's still about the anointing all the time now. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you. Numbers 27, verse 18. A man in whom the Spirit is, and lay your hands on him. Impartation. Moses, his face was shining like an angel. In fact, in the Hebrew, the scribes like lightning bolts that look like a kind of a horn, like lightning bolts that come out of, his, out of his head. He had to cover his face. He had to put a veil on because the people got scared. They were scared coming near him. And then we see in verse, Numbers 27, verse 23, and he laid his hands on him and he inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. New King James. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit and of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Impartation. What's the whole purpose of Pentecost? Apart from God's mission, why does he do this? Why does he work his Holy Spirit in us? It's with a purpose. But Pentecost time is when people receive this endowment. It's when they receive an impartation. It's when they get equipped to flow in the Spirit. You know, um, now, two, three years, I don't know, Pastor Tienz, how long I've been coaching the pastors on the prayer stuff just to be able to pray here on the platform and express power, express power on the platform on a Saturday morning. Just here. I've been coaching them. Voice projection. If the sound system's off to speak there at the back. I think that's Liesl sitting over there. Is that Liesl? Yes, it's Liesl sitting there. That if I switch this thing off,
Now, can you imagine Jesus speaking to 5,000 people and they all heard him the same? That was supernatural. Now, the ways that God uses to transfer the anointing, and we need to understand that this man, Joshua, was full of the spirit and of wisdom. He got the wisdom, he got the Holy Spirit, and he got the wisdom now of a great leader of the Bible now, in this case, to take them into the promised land. He's a man of faith, him and Caleb. The first one, of course, we know, the first way of impartation is the laying on of hands. But you know what? I want to, I want to actually go to something else, which goes together. I want to go, before I get into the laying on of hands, because we know much about that, but all right. Let me go to something I just want to talk about, and that is music, praise, and worship. Now, to me, there's one golden rule when it comes to music, praise, and worship. The words of John the Baptist, I must decrease and he must increase. If anyone here in the band wants to become a superstar, they don't belong in this band. But I shall say amen or say oh my, it's one of the two. But this is not a place, this is not where stars are being born. A star has been born in Bethlehem. And he's risen from the dead and he is Lord. That's it. So I've got to stand here, play an instrument or whatever, and do it to the very best of my ability for him and get the focus on him for he is the bright and morning star. And the talent that I have and the gift and the training that I have, i got to put it straight on the altar and die right there. You know, I was sleeping and then I awoke with a song that I heard. And it's a beautiful song. I want to actually go to Marie because she writes songs and talk to her about it. Okay, I'm not going to now get into the words of it, but it was, it was just a transformational song. I heard it. And it was so obvious that I can still remember it perfectly. And uh, so it needs to be concluded. But music, praise, and worship. And let me, let me say something. From the earliest days of when we, that's more than I, started serving God big time. From the earliest days that I have given my life properly to God. I mean properly to God. From that moment that I was alive, but then I died. I was dead, but yet now I live. Little piece out of the song that I'm talking about. I was dead. How dead? Crucified. I live no more. That through baptism into death, I was raised into the newness 
of the glory of God and to serve God in the newness of the Spirit. I'm being crucified with Christ. I live no more. I was dead. But yet I live. Life is Christ. To live is Christ. And to die is far better, says the Apostle Paul. Having a desire to depart to be with the Lord. But he says, but to stay, to remain here, is more needful to you. In the book of Philippians. So, when it comes to music, praise and worship. You know, in the early days, I was a student then. I mean, I, I, just, I just got the Holy Spirit. I just, I just wanted to serve God. Like Paul, in Acts chapter 9, he has the Damascus Road experience. Then he has Ananias lay his hands on him. Then when Ananias did that, there's like fish scales that came off his eyes and he could see immediately. And he got baptized straightways, received the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands through Ananias in a street called Straight, in a place called Damascus. And there in the street called Straight, the Bible says, and straightways, with almost very little knowledge that he had at that point in time concerning the Christ, he began to preach. He just took off immediately. I was like that too. And the Holy Spirit told me, I just took off immediately. So I found somebody in, 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 at my workplace. They had a church in Newlands. That pastor is now a long time dead. But they had a church there in Newlands, a little Baptist church. And um, he said, um, why didn't you gather the people because I can see you're on fire for God wherever you go you're burning he says so why don't you get the people invite people and get them into that little church then every Friday night we can come together and we can do it we can worship God so like the first week we were like 16 people who invited them me I got on the telephone and I listen to what I'm saying to you listen to what I'm saying to you you can also be an evangelist for Jesus that's where the power of God comes down. And the more you do that, the more power. Because if you use it, you'll never lose it. But if you don't use it, it fades. And I, I, I went to that little church out there in Newlands, and I got my son Frankie, the, younger, the eldest of my children, he was playing guitar. And he was so young, he could hardly play it properly. I got Frankie then to to uh, play the music for worship. And I chose worship. I wanted to worship. Because it's the highest expression of love towards God. At the same time, it is the highest expression of surrender to God. That's why when, when people came to Jesus, they fell down at his feet and they worshipped him. They worshipped him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me heal." well you could heal me and he said I'm willing to be healed the first thing with worship is it tells you straightways who's God in your life when you go on the altar of worship you die there's a cross and that cross is thoroughly dealt with your past you see salvation comes from the word soterio soterios what does it mean? It means 
the removal of your sins, the saving of you because of your wrongs of the past in the present tense now and in the future. Salvation, Soterios, is actually timeless. It deals with the past, the present, and the future. So once saved, properly saved, I say. Because you can be part of a fake church. You don't want to be part of a fake church. Nobody wants to be part of a fake church. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Again, having a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. Resisting the Holy Spirit. And the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in, in the church. They very well read quench not the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. I thank my God said the Apostle Paul 1 Corinthians 14. That I speak in tongues more than you all. Speaking in the Spirit. Keeping yourself in love. And carrying on with life. So we started Frankie there. Uh, was playing music and I just said, Lord, I throw myself on the altar here. You know, I immediately started collecting Bibles. And I remember days that I'd just go and take out the Bibles. And I'd go lie on the floor in a previous place we stayed, a previous house. And I would cover myself from my feet to over my head full of just Bibles over me, open up Bibles everywhere, like it was clothes. And I said to this book today, I surrender completely. What it says is what I will preach. What it prohibits is what I won't do. Because I fell in love with the Bible. I began to realize, in fact this morning I thought, it's impossible for me in one lifespan to get to the, to the roots of everything in the Bible. It's just impossible, it's infinite. I think we, we, we need eternity to find out everything about Christ and we never know it all. It's so dynamic, the Bible. It carries us through every day. So when you fall down before the Lord, it's an expression of total surrender. This is worship. Total surrender. Secondly, it is uh, an expression of, I sacrifice my all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And the third thing is, it gives the highest expression of where your love actually is. You see, to me it was never, I'm going to talk about a thing here for a moment, like tithing, more than I've been tithing for a long time. Do you know what? That in all of that, once I was dead, I became alive. And now in this new life that, that I'm living, as a person crucified with Christ, I live no more. Christ lives in me. You tell me to tithe? Please don't do that even. Because I'm going to do it. You won't stop me tithing. You won't. Nobody will stop me from tithing. Even if the one rand, ten cents goes to the Lord. And if I can, you can't stop me tithing. You will not. Not in this life, never ever. So when you surrender all together in worship and you, you, you rise up from the floor, I play worship music around me, violin worship music in my study, in my ears, in, in uh, 
like earpods. And I, I, just, I just listen to the violin music and I flow because they, they don't interfere with what I'm saying to God. And I talk in tongues and I just whisper adoration. The word in French, adore, means to worship. Come with us, adore him. I worship him. I adore him. And when I get off there from the floor, I'm not the same ever again. I cannot be the same ever again. Worship is powerful. Sunday after Sunday, I would wait for worship to begin. And I'm telling you now, I'm saying, what are they going to see today? What are they going to see today? I hope they see something that I really like that's going to get me right into the Spirit. And if they get me right into the Spirit, then anything can happen in this place. Because worship is the, like, like a seesaw, it's the pivotal point of a move of God. It's when the wave breaks and it breaks towards you and you catch the movement of the Holy Spirit. That's how important worship is. It is honoring God above all things. You can praise a lot of things. There's biblical praise and there's worldly praise. And the people would heap stacks of praise on, on one another and praise rugby and praise cricket and praise athletic heroes and praise golf heroes and praise them, praise them. Pra the, the, there's only one person I will praise. And his name is Jesus Christ the Lord. For he died for me on the cross. He hung on that cross like that. That is in itself, if that cross went forward, it would be total surrender. He, he gave himself for me. I want to see Jesus above anything and everybody else. Because he went and paid the price, suffered for me, that I may live. And you, that you may live. And if you're dead, if you're dead, and you're a worshiper, he visits with you. It is the most cardinal thing. But I'm going to close here now because I'm, I've got a lot of these things that I want to cover in this period of time. Let's just stand together. I know, Lord, today that there are many people here that have gone through many difficult times, diverse difficult times and difficulties. I know today that people are struggling financially, struggling with their businesses, and but for the glory of God, they would sink if it wasn't for Jesus. But then we pray. And those who call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So they shall be saved from their enemies. So they will be shielded by the shield of faith and guarded by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter number one. Guarded, kept by the power of God. So do that today, Lord, and bless everyone here. Bless their businesses. Bless their lives. Bless everything they have. Bless their families. Bless their marriages. Lord, you are the great healer of all things that are broken down, whether it be marriage or financial collapse or whatever. You're the only one that can really restore all things. So we surrender ourselves to you. Lift your hands to the Lord if you say amen to that. Amen. Say these words, I surrender myself to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you and be gracious to you. In Jesus Christ's name, all God's people said, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.